Hello and welcome to another episode of the Troy Francis podcast with me, Troy Francis. Welcome back. Today's episode is called Borrowed Strength is Weakness. But before we get into that, I wanted to just give you a couple of updates, a couple of little parish notices from my side of things. And the first of those is Renegade Dating Blueprint, my bundle of 10 books about dating, game, the sexual marketplace, all of that great stuff, including books like How to Be an Arsehole, uh, Text Game Mastery, Seven Laws of Seduction, still in the game, and so on and so forth. That is currently retailing at $39 for the whole electronic bundle. So, If you don't have that already, I would encourage you to get hold of that because it really is my life's work, if you like, as far as the dating sphere is concerned, encapsulated in that one wonderful download, which you can get instant access to. So do yourself a favor just before Christmas, just as we get into the party season and download all of the knowledge in that bundle for just $39. The link is below. So do go and check that out. Another thing to highlight is that we had a great episode of the Rule Zero show on Saturday. And it was for the first time hosted on my humble YouTube channel. So it was myself, Ryan Stone, John from Modern Life Dating, Rollo Tomasi of Rational Male fame, as well as Rich Cooper from Entrepreneurs on uh, cars, in cars rather, and myself. And that panel, myself and obviously those very illustrious other Manosphere names, was a really, really great show where we were talking about what women actually look for in men off the back of a survey that had been brought to my attention fairly recently. And yeah, we got into the weeds with some really interesting discussion on what women want and whether or not you know you should take notice of that, what you should do in response to that, whether what they're saying is necessarily true or or what they really think and all of that good stuff. So I would highly encourage you to listen to that show. We got 10,000 so far, 10,000 views on that show and it's still climbing. So I was really, really happy. I know the guys enjoyed the show, but I was really happy because it was on my YouTube channel, which is still comparatively small. I'm still sort of building that channel. Um, so yeah, I mean, it just shows the power of the, of the rule zero show really, uh, when you look at the competition, particularly what was happening on the other side, so to speak on red man group, um, our numbers were phenomenal, blew everyone else out of the water, despite the fact that my channel is still in its infancy. So do go over and listen to that show or watch that show and do hit subscribe when you get to my YouTube channel. You might be on it now listening to this. So if you are please do hit subscribe. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud or elsewhere, then do head over to YouTube, search for Troy Francis, find my channel and do subscribe because I'm really concentrating on YouTube at the moment. I'm uploading, uh, well, most of my key content to YouTube at the moment. Uh, So I would highly encourage you and request you uh, as well to uh, hit subscribe and notifications so you're kept up to date with all of my new stuff. So yeah, uh, do um, head over there and hit that subscribe button, hit notifications, give me a like, uh, a couple of cheeky likes here and there. And yeah, get involved because 
The audience is growing over there and I'm really, really excited. I've got some big plans for the channel going into 2020. So get on board. Okay, so today's topic is borrowed strength is weakness. And the impetus for this was uh, a question from a a, a viewer, a reader, if you like, a gentleman called Raj. Now, I already countered, uh, sorry, not countered, I already uh, answered one question from Raj in a different piece of content last week, but he came back with another question which I thought was really interesting. And so I wanted to go into it in the podcast today. So this is what Raj has to say in an email that he sent me last week. Uh, Thanks very much for the live stream, which I enjoyed very much. That was the stream in which I answered his question. Um, Could you provide your knowledge and experience on the following? In the 48 Laws of Power book, there is a quote which is, Borrowed strength is weakness, and it made me think about relying too much on a wingman. Even though they support you, you can become too dependent on them. Your approaches increase in their presence, but not when you're alone. How can you minimize this dependence the majority of the time? Okay, so it's a question really about wingmen. It's a question, therefore, about about game, if you like, or, or, or dating skills. Uh, And it's taken from this quote from the 48 Laws of Power, borrowed strength is weakness. Now, disclaimer here, I had a quick look through my copy of 48 Laws of Power and I did a quick uh, search online. I couldn't actually identify this specific quote. So I'm not quite sure exactly where it appears in the book. I'm thinking it might be somewhere in Law 2. Um which is never put too much trust in friends, learn to use enemies. That's the title of Law 2. So I'm thinking perhaps this quote about borrowed strength being a weakness is to be found somewhere within Law 2, but I could be wrong. So if you know, um, do leave a comment or drop me a a tweet or an email or whatever to let me know exactly where the quote is to be found in the book, but nevertheless, it doesn't really matter because I think that the quote in itself is useful enough for us to go on regardless of, of the exact position in 48 Laws of Power. So borrowed strength is weakness. Is a, it's, it's a powerful sounding quote and it's, uh, it, it's food for thought really. And I think it has application in this uh, question about wingmen. So that's something we're definitely going to tackle first. And I'll go into my thoughts on wingmen and wingmanning and whether they're good or they're bad and all that stuff first. But then I want to take it just a little bit more broad because in general, it's not just about dating. It's not just about girls, but it's also um, about business and, and broader life in general. The idea of how much do you align yourself with allies And how much do you go in alone as a solo operator? And for me, I think that there is huge benefits to be found in self-sufficiency. And really, if there's a key to masculinity, if there's a sort of a core tenet of masculinity, and I know that there are perpetual arguments about this in the the men's space, and I don't really want to rehash all of those here. But if there's one thing that's pretty core to masculinity, surely it's got to be self-sufficiency. You know, and again, you look at the archetypes of 
masculinity that we all admire and look up to. We look at James Bond, we look at superheroes, Batman, bloody bloody blah. They are nothing if not self-sufficient. Now, that is not to say that you can't form prudent alliances with other men, with other people. But when it comes down to it, you need to learn to stand on your own two feet. And so there's an application here in terms of, of dating and wingmen, a game. But more broadly, you've got to look at it in the context of the rest of your life as well. So that's really what we're going to be drilling down into today, really kind of exploring this idea of borrowed strength being a weakness. Is it a weakness? Is it not a weakness? Uh, let's see what we think. So let's dive into it. Um, as I say, I really, really think, though, that self-sufficiency is key to masculinity. and It's something that we should all be aiming for as much as we possibly can. And, and really, when you think about the work that I've done over the last few years, if you think about my tagline, which is live the life you want, not the life you think you should, it's all about finding one's independence. It's all about freedom. It's all about not being reliant on other people. And the difficulty is that if you become too reliant on other people, whoever those people are, whether that, that is your partner at work, whether that is your girlfriend or your wife, whether that is your boss, the company that you work for, the government, anybody and, or, and anything that you become too reliant on, you put yourself in a vulnerable, vulnerable position because if for some reason that person goes away or is taken from you or you're taken from them or the alliance is broken then you no longer have that strength and you're back to relying on yourself, on your own, and perhaps you are out of practice, perhaps you are just not equipped to deal with the slings and arrows that outrageous fortune throw at you, and so you are at a disadvantage, okay? Which is why it's best, if you can, to find the means to be self-sufficient uh, you know, when times are good, rather than, you know, just having to deal with it when you're stumped out the other side, and times aren't good, and you're, you're not prepared. Uh, but as I say, that doesn't mean that you can't have friends, it doesn't mean you can't have partners, it doesn't mean that you can't have people you work with, girlfriends, whatever. But just remember, we come into this world alive, uh, sorry, <laughs> we come into this world alive, hopefully, uh, but we come into this world alone, and we also leave it alone. And you know, you need to stand up on your own two feet. Okay, so what about wings? What about wingmen? This is a famous phrase. It's a famous term for the dudes that you hang out with as you go out into the night or the day or whatever it is and go to hopefully meet girls and start conversations with them and initiate fun times with them and relationships and everything else. The notion of the wingman is not just relegated to uh, the dusty annals of game advice and um, pickup artists. It's in the mainstream culture, isn't it? And I believe Top Gun is the film that popularised the the term. But it's very it's it's a well known trope within Western culture. The idea of the wingman or the wing woman. Uh, for girls on their girls' nights out, where basically you will have the, the person who is the, the pursuer, the lover, if you like, who is out to, uh, to hook somebody or to hook whether it's a specific person they're after or whether they're just going out on a, on a boy's night out and they're hoping to, to, 
pick up a girl. Um, you've got the the pursuer, and then you've got the I suppose the enabler or the helper, really, who is the the wingman, the wing person. Now, typically, if two guys go out, uh, they will wing each other. So it might be that uh, if I went out back in back in the day with a wingman, it might be that I would go and approach a group of girls, and he would be there to support me. And then he might then go and approach somebody else and I would be there to support him. So the idea is that it is a reciprocal, supportive relationship where one person helps the other person. And like with anything in life, there are good things about this and there are bad things about this. There are pros and cons. And, you know, it's not all good by any means, um, but it's certainly not all bad either. Um, so what are some of the, the good things about wingmen? What is What are some of the good things about um, going out with a wing when you go out to meet new girls? Uh, well, okay, the good things, I suppose, really, the first thing to mention is confidence. Because in general, Men find this whole thing of having to go out and cold approach, that is talk to girls that they didn't know before, that they had no relation to, that are not in their social circle. Guys in general find that to be very nerve-wracking and they find it to be intimidating and scary and outside of their comfort zone and they don't like the idea of rejection. They don't like the idea of being... Uh, disrespected, let's say, by the girls that they come into contact with. And so, in general, we, we don't really like doing it, unless you happen to be somebody who's very confident or very drunk or, <laughs> or just a player and you've had great experience in the past and you've got no fear of doing it anymore. In, in, in the main, guys don't really like doing it. And they don't like doing it because they want to protect their ego. They want to uh, maintain their sense of themselves as being a decent, attractive, socially well-oiled person. And the problem with that is that when you go out into the bar or the nightclub and you start talking to a girl and she says, yeah, thanks, but no thanks, or yeah, I, I've got a boyfriend, go away. And then she walks off, then it punctures that sense of you of yourself as some, somebody or something having worth. It makes you feel less than. And so in that circumstance, the wingman has two functions. Firstly, he is there to bolster your confidence. So he's there to say, listen, you're a great guy. You're an awesome guy. You could do better than her. She's, you know, you're, you're fantastic. Look at you. You're intelligent. You're well-dressed. You're, ama- you're an amazing dude. Go in there and talk to her. So he's there to be your cheerleader. Um, and he is also there to help minimize, hopefully, the impact of any rejection. So if she says, <clears throat> yeah, thanks, but no thanks, and turns her back on you, then he should be there to G you up and say, oh, she wasn't worth it anyway. You can do better. There's plenty more fish in the sea. She's just, you know, she wasn't worth it anyway, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he's there to bolster and, and, and amplify your mood. Um, firstly, getting you into the interactions in the first place, and secondly, um, if things don't go your way, then he's there to help smooth things over uh, with you afterwards. This is also the case in daytime approach as well. And daytime approach is a, a funny thing 
because if nighttime approach is difficult because it can be intimidating, the girls are all dressed up to the nines, you're in these loud sometimes venues, and it's it can it can all be a little bit intimidating. The the great thing about nighttime approach is that it's kind of socially acceptable because even in this day and age of Tinder and Snapchat and Instagram and dating apps and all the rest of it, we're still pretty much on board with the idea that people go to nighttime entertainment places to socialize. And so even if the girl in question isn't interested in you, it's not outside of the realm of normal social intercourse for a guy to walk up to a girl and say hello in a bar. Daytime is a different matter because it sort of is outside the boundaries of, um, I wouldn't say normal social intercourse, but it's certainly outside the boundaries of expected social interactions in many cases. I mean, certainly I'm based in London. I, I spend a lot of time in Berlin. I've been to New York many times. I mean, certainly these big Western cities, it's not, I mean, of course, guys and girls who don't know each other end up chatting to each other every single day. It happens, but it's kind of, it's not the default, is it? It's not the, it's not the absolutely the usual way that people get together. And somebody comes up to you in Starbucks and says, Hey, I just saw you and I thought you're cute. You know, I mean, it's, and in this day and age of Tinder as well, I think it's probably becoming even less common again, because of course, now everyone's concerned with or so so engaged with swiping and stuff on on apps that they're not re- that they're even if there was a small percentage who would have done daytime approach without knowing about game um, that small percentage is now being eroded by the fact that everyone is using the dating apps and the social networks and things so <clears throat> Uh, how, how do I put this? I'm not saying that there's anything, of course, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with daytime approach, but I'm certainly saying that it's it's outside of a lot of people's comfort zone, both guys and girls. And so a lot of guys that I've met and coached and, and worked with have told me that they really, really like having a wing for daytime uh, sessions where they're going to go and chat to girls or go and speak to, you know, start conversations and things for the same reasons as for the night game. But it's perhaps even more necessary in a way because you can walk around the city. You guys can can hang out. You can have a coffee. You can take in the sights. And within that, you can incorporate uh, some approaches as well. And the the wing will be doing the same thing. He'll be geeing you up. He'll be saying, hey, you're an amazing guy. Go and talk to that girl. You guys look great together. And then if she rejects you then he can help you to to get over that and to bolster your state and this is what it comes down to really bolstering state uh so that you then go into the next interaction feeling good and confident and collected and all of those things another great thing about wings that i've benefited from in the past is that a wing will often see iois that is indicators of interest directed at you that you miss. And what I mean by that is this. When you're walking down the street, you are probably being looked at by a proportion of the girls that walk past. Not all of them, of course, but um, there are probably the odd girl or two here who are giving you a, a sly little look and thinking, hmm, he looks quite nice. 
he's, uh, he's quite an attractive fellow. And you don't necessarily notice those indicators of interest because you might be looking somewhere else. You might be thinking about something and you just don't focus or register. Or, you know, she just looks quickly and you just don't see it. The great thing about having a good wing is that they will pick up on it and they will then point, they can then say to you, oh, that girl just gave you a look. And then you can go in and make the approach. And um, several times, many times actually, this has happened to me where I just haven't noticed the the indicator of interest that was directed at me. And because of a, a wing pointing it out to me, I've gone in and made the approach and the approach has been successful and had that wing not been there, I probably wouldn't have done the approach and then no interaction would have happened. So that is a really, really useful element of having a wing. And it's something that doesn't get talked about enough, I don't think. It's just this, this thing about they can be your eyes and ears. They can see opportunities for you that perhaps you wouldn't have seen otherwise. So that, those are some of the pros. Those are some of the good things about having a wing. But what about negative things are there negative sides to wingmanship as well well yes there are unfortunately and the first thing to say is that all of those pros that i just lifted they are all sort of predicated on the idea that this is a good wingman that this is a guy who is a solid upstanding guy who knows what he's doing has your best interests at heart and is competent. And unfortunately, that is not always the case. Um, Guys can, wingmen can sometimes not be very competent. They cannot have your best interests at heart. They can, well, very importantly, they can be negative and they can actually deflate your state rather than inflate it. And that's perhaps in a, on balance, the worst crime of the wingman, if you like. So let's think about a couple of these things. Um, you could be in a situation where the wingman actually, you know, you see a girl, you're attracted to her, you start a conversation with her, but the wingman likes her, and so he decides to try to sabotage the approach so that he can take her for himself. This kind of thing happens, unfortunately. Um, you know, it could be that the wingman is a great friend of yours, and so he wouldn't do that. He would be, you know, he wouldn't. He would be honourable, or you, you hope he would be honourable with you. But he's just not very good with girls. He's just not very good. Um, uh, socially, and so as a result, you go into the interaction with him, and he messes it up just because he's not very competent. So that's another problem, and this is why sometimes friends—that is, friends who you've known since school or university—but they're not people who are adept in the Venusian arts, as uh, it's been called before—are perhaps not the best people always to wing with because they can mess things up for you. And so rather than it being a help, it's actually become a hindrance. Another problem with wingmen is that sometimes they can be negative. And they can, for one reason or another, maybe because they're jealous of you, and this is the thing, because when you go out and wing with somebody, um, 
more often than not, there will be an imbalance in terms of the success that you're getting versus the success that they're getting. And sometimes you may be the more successful one, and other times they may be the more successful one. Now, if you're the more successful one, if you're getting more indicators of interest from girls, if you're getting more numbers, more makeouts, whatever it is, then the other dude is going to potentially, unless you handle it very carefully, is going to potentially lose energy, he's going to lose state, he's going to fall into a negative mindset, and he might then start to try to sabotage you as a sort of revenge policy since he's not really getting out of this what he wanted to get out of it. Uh, On the other hand, it could be that he is the stronger one from the beginning. He's the one getting all the attention. He's getting all the IOIs from the girls. He's getting the makeouts and everything else. He doesn't really pay that much attention to you because he's out for himself and you start to lose energy and you become negative. And that then becomes a a vicious cycle whereby you're going into approaches, but you're not really feeling confident. You're not feeling... um, you're not feeling good about the situation, and so your success rate starts to plummet. So that's one. So that's some of the cons of a wingman. So the first thing to be aware of is that, as much as if you're new to this space, you might think, "Oh, this is fantastic! I'll get a wingman. It'll be great." Blah blah blah. Yeah, it might be. There are advantages, but there are also disadvantages as well. So just be aware that. Um, wingmanship is not just this golden ticket to having a fantastic um, game experience because it, it really isn't. It, it really ne- isn't necessarily. And if you're going out with someone regularly and you're not getting the results that you want, then it, you might be advised to have a think about it and to uh, you know reconsider who you're going out with and maybe find somebody else and try with them or go, go out solo. But anyway, the question was, how do you reduce your dependency on your wing? So from Raj's question, I'm assuming, you know, if you're, if you're actually having quite a good relationship with the wing and things are going pretty well, and he talks about, you know, you're, you do more approaches when you're with the wing because your state's been inflated, presumably, than you do without. How do you um, reduce that dependency? Now, for me, to be honest... Um, this question has never been a massive deal for me because I've always been fairly independent. I've always been fairly introverted. I've always quite liked going out on my own. Now, both of them can feel weird. Daytime stuff can feel weird at first when you're on your own and nighttime stuff can as well. Nighttime stuff because you're Billy No Mates in the club without anybody around you potential, you know, um, daytime stuff, sort of for the same reason, but you've got the added social pressure of the fact that you're doing something that's inherently a bit weird anyway, or it feels a bit weird. Um, To get over your dependence on the wingman, firstly, you have to just get over it and do it anyway. You have to feel the, the awkwardness and just do it anyway. But what's, what's underlying that? Well, I would say what's underlying it really is this. You need to have clear vision and goals. And this, by the way, counts for business as well. It counts for any sort of endeavor. 
you need to have very, very, very clear vision and then you need to break it down into very specific goals. So just using daytime approach as an example. Well, let's use nighttime approach, actually. Let's, let's use going to the bar as an example. What you have to do is you, you have to say, okay, what do I want? Well, I want to have a prolific dating life. Uh, I want to live the life in this city or wherever you are. Have a good time. Meet some new people. And yeah, that's it, really. And then you have to think, okay, so how am I going to achieve that? Well, I'm going to achieve that by approaching a lot of women because clearly you know you need to run the numbers a bit in order to to be to become successful uh to improve your social poise to improve your conversational abilities your storytelling your body language all of those things you need to you need practice and you need volume some volume so then you think to yourself okay well i'm gonna approach every time i go out 10 new girls that I haven't talked to before and I'm going to start conversations with them and I'm going to try to maintain those conversations and we're going to see how it goes. Now, if you are clear in your vision for what you want, which is a prolific dating life or a prolific social life, and if you are firm on your goals, which is 10 approaches each time you go out, then after a while... It, it kind of doesn't matter whether there's a wing there or not because you know very clearly what you want to achieve and you have worked out the strategy that you'll need to employ to get there. And I advise clients to set up a website, uh, sorry, not a website, uh, a spreadsheet or a list at least on online or, or written down. You need to have some place to record what you're doing. And that's not in a creepy sort of, oh, I've got a spreadsheet kind of way. It's just that when you gamify this, when you make this something that you have to, you know, you're, you're looking to tick off tasks on a spreadsheet, basically. Then it becomes, you go out and say, right, I've got to do 10 approaches tonight. So actually, I kind of just want to, I kind of want to get them out of the way and then I'll just, I can have a little drink and then I can go home, you know. Um, you take the performance anxiety pressure off yourself to some extent if you gamify it. And you also take the need to have a wing off, off as well because when you strip it down and you think, what am I actually trying to achieve here? Well, I'm trying to achieve a bunch of approaches. So I'm going to say every time I go out, I'll do 10. Then it sort of becomes whether or not there's a wingman there that you can crack a few jokes with and have a drink with before you go in and stuff, it becomes sort of a peripheral secondary issue because the important thing is that you just go and talk to 10 girls. And whether there's a wingman there or not, you're very clear on what you have to do. You, you, you know, you already know the drill. You know the kind of words you're going to have to say. You've got an idea of the way you're going to do this. Um, you just need to get the job done. And your spreadsheet sitting at home is the thing that's going to keep you accountable. You don't need some dude standing next to you watching you. You've got the spreadsheet at home, which you're going to have to fill in. And if you go home at the end of the night and you haven't done all the approaches, then you're going to feel bad about yourself a bit and you're going to give yourself a bit of a kick. Not too much of a kick. You know, don't 
don't la- don't lacerate yourself, you know, for, for 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 this kind of thing. But you know, you're going to say, okay, well, I I set out and I had this aim and I I didn't do it, so I've got to be extra strict on myself next time. Um, but you don't need a wing. You don't need some bloke standing there, you know, potentially sucking your energy because you you've got the goal. You've got the spreadsheet at home or in your pocket on your phone. Um, you've already got, you know, and this is where you have to be a bit of a self-starter, as they would say, in business or in corporate life, you know. Um, but when the vision is clarified and when the goals are clarified, it's a hell of a lot easier to do that. If it's all a bit wishy-washy and you're just like, oh, yeah, you know, I kind of want to yeah, get better at, uh, you know, talk to girls, uh, but it's all a little bit wishy-washy and you haven't properly sat down and worked out your game plan, then you probably do need a wing because you need somebody to kick you in the butt. But if you kick yourself in the butt, your reliance on a wing becomes less. And as you get into it, you will find that it becomes progressively easier to do these things without having a wing. And certainly for myself, some of the greatest days and nights that I've ever experienced um, engaging in, in social activities have been on my own. You know, which sounds kind of crazy, um, but it's true. You know, you don't need to have somebody else there holding your hand. You really don't. I like it both ways. I've I've had some great times with wings. I've had some great relationships with wings. Some great adventures with wings. I've also had some great times on my own. And as I say, probably the times on my own have have, have trumped it because when I'm on my own, I feel more free. I feel more able to express myself I'm less afraid of looking foolish if things don't go my way that allows me to take more risks and as I take more risks I open out more I become more myself I become more wild and uninhibited and that draws people to me and that's a very very powerful thing and when you go out on your own and I'm thinking about nighttime again now um, you are able to be whoever you want to be and that is a significant advantage over going out with some old school friends who still see you as, you know, the chode um, at school. And, and, and that, by the way, is a very important point. If you're hanging out with people who have a, a preconceived idea of you from years ago and you're trying to self-improve, then you either need to look for some new people to, to go out with, at least when you're trying to practice social skills, or you need to go out solo because those people can lock you into a preconceived idea of yourself that just isn't conducive to your growth. So do bear that in mind. But yeah, you know, it gets easier. I personally now probably prefer um, going out solo in those situations. Um, I certainly don't have any fear of it. Um, And yeah, you know, it it is something that you get used to and it is something that you will see huge benefits in if you can do it. Because then, if you can do it solo, then when you are with somebody and he's a good mate, he's a good wing, and the the chemistry between you guys is good, it's going to be even easier. So as with all of these things, you know, it's it's great to go out and socialize with people sober and don't drink if you're used to drinking. Because then... If you go out and you do drink and you're used to doing it sober, then it's like adding rocket fuel, you know? Um, All of these things, it's worth taking the more difficult path because then when things are circumstantially a little bit easier, it's it's just going to be even better for you, you know? But it's good to be able to do it 
without a wing, without alcohol, without any crutches, to be, as we were saying at the beginning, self-sufficient. Because self-sufficiency, as I said, is a key to masculinity. And as I alluded to at the beginning, I think this is absolutely true, not only in terms of uh, dating, but also in terms of business and life in general. I haven't really got time to talk a lot about business, but, uh, and you know, I, I mean, I, I, there are, I'm sure, many considerations as to whether you are a solo operator or you work in partnership with somebody if you're thinking of setting up a business or you become, you form a company or whatever. Myself, I've always liked being a solo operator, really. You know, I work for myself. I don't have any, uh, you know, business partner as such. Uh, I mean, certainly I work with other people. I have friendly alliances with other people. I have colleagues in the space and I work on projects with others. But there is not a formal sort of company structure in place. And that's really the way I like it because I like to be my own solo operator. And and that gives you a sort of agility and a nimbleness and an ability to, um, to change course if you want to. You know, you're not locked into something with other people, with egos and their own agendas and things. And for me, I think that's incredibly valuable. And it it just keys into that idea of self-sufficiency that I already mentioned. Um, I would say self-sufficiency and freedom are two of my highest values. And I would encourage you to consider them for yourself as well, because I do think they are hugely beneficial to any guy who is out there making a life for himself, really. So that is it for today. Borrowed strength is weakness. Don't borrow strength. Create your own by going out, going out alone, being a solo operator, not being afraid, having a clear vision and clear goals and executing and not needing other people around you or crutches or anything else in order to do the things that you know you need to do. I'm going to leave it there for now. Do remember to pick up uh, Renegade Dating Blueprint if you haven't already, $39.00 link below. Hit subscribe to my YouTube channel, hit notifications, drop me a like for this video, this podcast, and I will see you again very soon. Bye-bye.